0: hey there welcome back in to talking catholic so today we have to talk about the carbonari and the alta vendetta document because it's become one of those things for me it's like the word freemasonic is for me i mean it's not a real word people have taken freemasonry and the masonic order which are Two completely different things, and they put together a word called Freemasonic, which just doesn't doesn't work. It's not a real word. I don't know who started it or, or why. Even sometimes Freemasons will inbox me or email me like I'm some sort of authority on the subject. And they'll, they'll say, hey, 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 David or Mr. Gray, um, why do... Christians use a word called Freemasonic. What, what does that mean? Who? Who? Wh- wh- what are they doing with that word, right? And it's become a running joke for some of them. They'll say, hey guys, have you been to a Freemasonic meeting lately? I mean, they use it as a word to make fun of us, right? And it's also become that way with the Carbonari and the Alta Vendetta as well. The Carbonari were not a Masonic organization. I don't care who tells you that the word, they don't know what they're talking about. I don't care if you go to Amazon and you see a book claiming to be about the Alta Vendetta. And it has a square and compass on it because it has a square and compass on it a masonic symbol it does not therefore thereby magically make that book a masonic document because it has a square and compass on it right that's not how things work right if i put that helmet on the cleveland brown's helmet on my head it doesn't therefore thereby magically make me cleveland brown just because i put it on my head right so My whole purpose in in writing my book, The Catholic Catechism on Freemasonry, was to be the the one definitive document about all this, to flesh out all these conspiracy stories and flesh out all this bad information and bad language. But since people tend to gravitate towards free information, and would rather watch a video than read a book. Let me spend a few minutes trying to fix this problem. I'm going to explain um, to you why the Carbonari were not part of Freemasonry or the Masonic Orders and then I will tell you uh, what the Alta Vendetta is why it is an an important piece um, of anti-Catholic literature But but first off if you had not read about or watched my video series on the dangers of Freemasonry or, or know anything about Masonic background I'll post a link to the playlist in the description below or if you're watching on the YouTube just click on the information button in the upper right hand corner also if you're really interested in learning everything that the Catholic Church has ever taught about Freemasonry um, anything everything that you need to know about Freemasonry just pick up my book The Catholic Catechism on Freemasonry. It's a theological and historical treatment on the Catholic Church's prohibition against Freemasonry and its appendant Masonic Bodies. It is the definitive book on the subject. So you could you can pick it up it anywhere, Saint Dominic's Media, you get a free shipping there. It's on Amazon, it's you know, Kindle, some local Catholic bookstores like um our Sorrowful Mother's Ministry in Illinois, they have it in stock. So, But for those who do not know, um, I spent 10 years active in Freemasonry and, and the Masonic Bodies, Freemasonry and the Masonic Bodies. My background in Freemasonry is more extensive than anyone who I know has ever left Freemasonry and made a full conversion to Catholicism. The quick highlights is that I entered Freemasonry in 1994 when I was still a sophomore in college and by 2014 years later I had become um, the worshipful master of a craft lodge, it's the highest office in a craft, elected office in the craft lodge. I become the high priest of a warrior arts chapter, the worthy patron of the order Eastern Star chapter, all the highest offices. I become the district deputy of um the Grand Lodge, uh, which was one of the highest appointed offices there are in the Grand Lodge. Also, I have become um an in American jerk right, have become a Royal Silly Master, a Nice timbler a thirty second degree um, supplying Prince in the Scottish Rite. I have been a co-founder of one Masonic Research Society and elected as a fellow in another Masonic Research Society. I was the author of three books on Freemasonry and hundreds of essays. I had toured Australia and New Zealand speaking on the history of Prince Hall Freemasonry. Although Prince Hall Freemasonry was the Masonic set I belonged to, I also had dual membership in the predominantly white Grand Lodge of Ohio. Um, I was the first prince of Freemasonry to do so, to cross over like that. So in in short, I was a high level nerd about Freemasonry. And it was my life until I was no longer an agnostic. And I started to follow Jesus all the way to his Catholic church, where I learned that I could no longer be both a Catholic and a Freemason. So I chose the better of the two. It was an easy choice because the Catholic church was saying, was teaching, that if I live my life as a faithful Catholic, I could live eternally in heaven. And all the lodges offered me was to make me a better man. Humanism, right? Did not seem as attractive any longer. So that was a no-brainer. So I left Freemasonry and um, now as a Catholic. I give lectures and talks on Freemasonry from a Catholic perspective, and I occasionally write about and, and put out videos like this. So when you heard me give my background, which you, you should have heard me make me uh, distinguish between Freemasonry and the Masonic bodies, because they are two different things. And that is an important distinction in learning why the Carbonari were neither Freemasonry or an independent or adopted Masonic body. Freemasonry properly consists of the first three degrees commonly called the Craft Degrees or Blue Lodge Degrees. Those degrees are Entered Apprentice, Fellow Craft, and Master Mason. That's it. Some Freemasons may argue that some of the Royal Arch Degrees are also Freemasonry like the Mark Master Degree or the Royal Master Degree because they do build upon the legend of Hiram and Biff and the Craft System and some are ancient but largely and unarguably When we are talking about Freemasonry, the only thing we are referring to is a large system of degrees. The first three degrees. That system traces its roots back to the guilds of Europe. uh, When you had Masons who were called, who called themselves free stonemasons, so-called because of the type of stone they worked with and or Freemasons, so-called because of their rights to travel freely and find new work on the latest job, the latest cathedral or church or monastery or, or government building being constructed throughout Europe. Right? That's that's the tones Freemason comes from. But by 1717, the, the very loose network of craft lodges, which by this time had, had started initiating non-Freemasons into their ranks had become more associated with the fraternal aspect, the fraternal aspect than the opposite craftsmanship or um, organized labor and it was in that year when the three leading lodges of england came together and established the first grand lodge with its first grand master to serve as the governing body over what then became known as subordinate lodges not long after freemasonry became the chief export the chief exports of england and the Lodge became the, the chief meeting place for people who were interested in the English idea of representative of exporting the English idea of representative democracy over a rule and thereby displacing. The idea was to, to displace the Catholic Church through this form of government um, and, and um, being in charge and have the government then be in charge of things such as education and institution of marriage. Also, not long after 1717, you had many upstart degree systems. Uh, many of which over the course of the next two centuries, um, that that Grand Lodges throughout the world decided to either adopt, make appendants, make it concordant, or affiliate with. Th- this is the way it works. Um, a Grand Master of a Grand Lodge decides on his own which organizations that are proposing to offer additional fraternity or more light. Uh, As it's called, um, that the Grand Lodge will then either adopt or make an appendage or make an accordant body or affiliate with. The Grand Master then tells that organization, okay, we'll establish this relationship with you under the condition that your membership will be exclusively Freemasons of my jurisdiction and no outsiders. And the organization agrees to that stipulation. There are a few exceptions of um, uh, Masonic organizations that, that cross jurisdictional lines such as the ancient accepted Scottish Rite the, the 33rd degree system the, the Shriners and the Knights of the um, York Grand Cross to name a few uh, but even with those a Grand Master has a sole discretion to revoke membership and when he does that Masonic body will cease to exist in his jurisdiction so Freemasonry is the highest Masonic body. The Grand Master is the highest Masonic officer. He may or may not be a 33rd, it doesn't matter because his word is the final word. So again, you you have Freemasonry, the Lodge and the Grand Lodge system, and then you have various Masonic bodies. Various um, Grand Lodges, um, Grand Lodge jurisdictions have, United States have have largely have tended to recognize the same Masonic bodies with, with some deviation um, to the rights for um, children and, and women. All right, now on to the Carbonari. Um, the Carbonari um, uh, in Italy, the Carbonari is Carbonari is Italian for charcoal makers. They, they rose up from between 1880 and 1848 with the anti-Catholic worldview. Their, their goal was to facilitate the creation of a constitutional monarchy or republic by inciting revolution, um, through a wide network of independent cells operating throughout the country of Italy. The Carbonari was never an independent Masonic body or consisted exclusively, exclusively of Freemasons, but they did allow Freemasons to enter into their organization as masters rather than apprentices. And those were the only two degrees or grades that the Carbonari offered. Again, at no point in time did any Grand Master of any Grand Lodge made the Carbonari an affiliated or a or Masonic accorded Masonic body. Yes, many Freemasons had become members of the Carbonari at a time when Freemasonry was banned in Italy. But there were no more Masonic body than today's Rotary or Elks or Optimists or Lions Club are Masonic. No matter how many members that a chapter of the, the Rotary Club may have who are Freemasons, the value of the value the value of uh, membership does not therefore make you Masonic. I mean, we we could even we could even scoff right at this at, at this as at this as well and say, well, Freemasons who enter the Carbonari at a higher grade than than Freemasons and so therefore they're Masonic. Okay, that's true. They did enter the Carbonari at a higher level, but they were still not a Masonic body, no more than the African Methodist Episcopal Church of America, which for many years. Um, uh, a man cannot be a bishop unless he was a Prince Hall Freemason. So, giving membership privileges to Freemasons does not make you a Masonic body. Again, it's the sole discretion of a Grand Master under the specification of exclusive membership that gives an organization the distinction of being Masonic. Right. So, under a, a explicit, precise, and harsh terms. Pope Pius VII, in the September 13th, 1821 Constitution, Ecclesium A. Jesu Christo, the Church of Jesus Christ, condemned the Carbonari as being destructive, criminal, and dangerous, and placed it under the same prohibitions and grave penalties as communication, as his predecessors had placed Freemasonry. The prohibition against the Carbonari was repeated in 1825 in, in Pope Leo's called um, graviora in which Popolio makes the right distinction between Freemasonry and the Carbonari by calling the latter more dangerous than a former so Popolio he got the distinction he understood that the two weren't the same now about the document the permanent instruction of the Alta Vendetta itself it was published and made public in 1859 now that's 11 years after a Carbonari was thought to still be active and alive. So apparently, this document is before that that time. During that time, when they were still active, and it was purportedly published by uh, a Sicilian set at the Carbonari. It was written under the pseudonym Little Tiger, who, according to George F. Dillon, who is an author of notes on the subject, the um, Little Tiger was probably a, a Jewish Freemason who belonged to the Alta Vendetta Carbonari Lodge in Sicily. The document offers uh, strategic blueprints on how to infiltrate, infiltrate and destroy the Catholic Church from the inside. It was a imp- uh, very important document to Pope, uh, both Pope Pius IX and Pope Leo XIII uh, for all Catholics. that all Catholics should know the contents of the Alta Vendetta. And I encourage you also to read the whole thing. Just click on the link in the, the description below. And it will take you to my website where you can download the PDF. Or again, if you're on the YouTube, just click on the information box above. So I explained how the Carbonari were not what could ever be defined as defined as a Masonic organization. And therefore the Alta Vendetta was not a Masonic document. Now, now what I would like to do, I would like to explain how the Masonic program was vastly different between the Carbonari program. Uh, with the Masonic program. The Carbonari program was different with a different set of goals in mind. Yeah, it wanted to achieve the same result, the destruction of the Catholic Church, and to pave the way to create a godless society. Depending on what edition of my, my book you have, if you have the latest edition, it's on page 101, um, the section on Etsy Muta, that encyclical, where I introduce you to a famous Grand Master of Freemasons by the name um, Giuseppe Maria Garibaldi, the so-called Italian father of Italian independence he's an atheist a revolutionary and someone who intersects several times with the Catholic Church in the 19th century he he was the first Grand Master of Freemasons to articulate in writing what the Masonic Program is Um, it had been known well known for, for centuries the line of attack that the Freemasons were engaging in against the Catholic Church but Pope Leo XIII also references this written version of the Masonic Program as evidence um, of the plot against the church. Leo, the 13th, states in his 1890s cyclical title from the Apostolic Throne that the Masonic program was attempting to replace the Catholic church with itself. And we can see from, from Grandmaster Grandmaster um, Gabaldi's works of creating his own Masonic wedding, his own Masonic baptism, that that is precisely what they're doing. And, and one of the threats that that Pope Clement XII caught very early on in 1738 was how lodges were being used um, for uh, revolutionaries to meet in secret and plot against the church and the government. Because for from the, the Freemasons' perspective, the easiest way to overthrow the Catholic Church was to destabilize and to replace the monarchy because that was the key ally and friend in the Catholic church. The kings and emperors needed the blessing of the Pope and the Pope needed the protection of the crown. But if through revolutions, the people are inspired to take control of their own destiny and adopt a representative government, a government of people as England had, then the church would be left without a friend, without an ally. And from there, the church and the state could continue to be separated. The state would take over education from the church. The state would take over defining who was married, who was not. And once they took over marriage, it could then redefine family. It could, uh, could define family. Um, it could manage family. And once it took over education, it could teach children. It could manage children. And they could teach children anything that they wanted to. So this is the birth of secularism, right? And, and so that that's the Masonic program in brief. It's an effort to separate church from state so that state can then be used as a mechanism to destroy the church and introduce a godless society—that's the Masonic program. I go much more in depth in my book, and I explain the role of Freemasons had in all the revolutions and that we see in the 18th, 19th, and 20th century. And and I bring, but but I bring it up here uh, to make the distinction between the Masonic program that I just explained and the Carbonari program. Right, so there's a distinction in kind between what type of organizations they are. And also their program. So, as you can read in Alta Vendetta, the Carbonari program was not a plot to attack the Catholic Church from without. No, they explicitly mocked those type of attempts that England and Germany and the French were engaged in. To the contrary, the Carbonari program focused on infiltrating the Catholic Church from the inside. Once inside, they will engage in corrupting the clergy, taking over the Catholic universities and the seminaries. They'll they'll groom and elect their own pope. And then they will lead the Catholic Church down a path of self-annihilation by uh, by corrupting the faith. So, again, there's a distinction between the Carbonari and Freemasonry in kind, what type of organizations they are, and the, the type of Masonic program, type of programs they're running. There's a Masonic program, and then there's a Carbonari program. So, two completely different programs. The Masonic program is an attack from the outside using secular government to attack the Catholic Church, and the Carbonari program is an attack from the inside using corrupt clergy to destroy the faith. Both programs lead to the same destination. That is the creation of a godless society. Both of their programs are, are only possible uh, because of the work, the groundwork that Protestantism laid which then paved the way for the work of the so-called enlightenment movements that produced people like Voltaire, which then paved the way for the philosophy of Freemasonry to thrive. And so this is why you see Freemasonry thrive best. It thrives the most. It, has, it always thrived the best, the most, the most significantly in Protestant countries. But. It has always been a point of humor for me because all these godless programs with the Freemasons and the Carbonari, they always lead to the birth of communism. And communism then suppresses Freemasonry. It persecutes Freemasonry and secret secret societies. But but the thing about about tools, the thing about tools is that tools never know how they're being used, right? Tools are just tools. And Freemasonry is a mere tool, a plaything. Uh, Of Satan uh, to serve his purpose. So I really, not really care for for Doctor Taylor Marshall's book called Infiltration, just for some technical reasons. You know that I'm a nerd about. Like I said, he uses the word Freemasonic, right, which is not a real word. uh, Like I said, Um, and he thinks that the Carbonari are a Masonic group, and that the Alta Vendetta is a Masonic document. And his whole book hinges on that bad information. So, you know, I really didn't care for his book for just those technical reasons. But I think what he does excellent in his book, despite that huge error, is that he explains how successful the infiltration has been. That's the title of his book. He does he does that part well. In fact, the Masonic program ha- has also been has been widely successful. It's even to the point today that you have Catholics who believe that separation church and state is a thing. That is a Catholic idea of how society should be run, which is completely insane. As Catholics, we have never believed that the church has its own space and society has its own space, right? The Catholic idea is that Christ gave the church the authority to perform its ministry or proclaiming the gospel and performing works of charity in both public and religious spaces. And as the public space, um, we believe, I've always believed that the church should, that the public space should be guided by the church to degrees that its laws are ordered to. Or find our final destination, but all the both of these programs—the Masonic program and the Carbonari program—again, they, they've been widely successful. Wildly successful. No one can argue that. N- who can argue that when you just when you just look at look look at a moderately a moderately country, moderately liberal country like the United States, and you see how the most powerful clerics here are people like Subich and Tobin. These devils run the Catholic Church in America. When you see what happened to the godless Jesuits in their homosexual bathhouses that they call seminaries. When you look at how Pope Francis sold the Catholic Church to China, the Catholic Church in China, how he sold the Catholic Church in China to the Communist Party. Outside of maybe, I don't know, Poland, Portugal, many countries in Africa, maybe the Philippines, every diocese in nearly every country has few vocations, few baptisms, and few marriages. And some dioceses are, are so overrun with homosexuals, so overrun with homosexuals that they don't on life support. Most dioceses are, are basically mission territories at this point, especially Germany. So read Mandetta, Prove me wrong, right? Yet all is not dead, right? And there is still hope because there is still Christ. And I said this before. It's just at the hour that we're in. The church as the body. Of, the church as the body of Christ. The church, as the body of Christ, must endure the same passions of Christ. And we are now long past Jesus preaching and teaching healing ministry. We're now in the age of Judas right now. And we're being betrayed. Next comes the persecution, the suffering, the crucifixion. And that's just where we are. And and I pray that you're getting ready for it. I pray that you're praying in divine office every morning. And, And often as you can throughout the day, I pray that you're encouraging as many people as you can to get to confession and to worthily receive the Holy Eucharist. And the fact that the Protestants and the Freemasons and the Carbonari and the Communists have, and the Freemasons have had many victories and have won countless battles and have set the world up for a reign of just decadent godlessness and whatever comes after that does not mean that they have won a war. We know how this story ends. But until then, and until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours. Hi, everybody. Thank you for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the content you've missed. If you'd like to keep supporting my work, consider joining my team on Patreon, where you'll be gifted great perks like books, hoodies, and mugs. Thanks again.